oath of office. Everyone, please stand. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. The office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability. And will, to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. that a thousand times but it's still fun it's still fun it's still great i know it's, people are like oh, it's not supposed to be fun it's not supposed to be fun it's not this is not a joke this is not a joke oh whatever whatever it's not a joke but um we definitely have a different narrative about the presidency now don't we hmm different it's a little different isn't it welcome to individual perspective podcast my name is dearest d mckinney Let's get started. Like I said, um, CNN is garbage, NBC, garbage, MSNBC, garbage, CBS, garbage, Wall Street Journal, garbage, ABC, garbage, New York Times, garbage, USA Today, garbage, and I'm talking about factual, provable garbage, okay? Fox News, garbage. If I didn't say that, I'm going to say Fox News, because boy. As that inauguration was going on, and then after they let Shepard Smith, silly self, they let him narrative it, put Breyer on to say something. Why let Shepard Smith be the voice of that moment? It was just, it's, it's extremely unproductive. But um, it was some hackiness going on. I mean, they were full-fledged hackiness. I mean, all channels. I mean, the guy made it through hell. To have every single news entity given vast majority volume against you and the rise above that silly people like rush limbaugh saying the, the democrat party found out that their um liberal ideology was not the majority of the country they're the minority no you foolish silly big mouth guy i'm sorry to say rush limbaugh you are absolutely wrong and you love to play partisan but the truth is people voted for hillary clinton are radicals i don't even think they have consciousness that they're that radical but their radical ideological point of view their socialistic 
moral, emotional point of view, their devotion to President Obama, no matter what his policies was and what they are. And just that blind devotion to President Obama make them radicals. And that's 66 million people. And you have 43 million people that didn't even vote that was eligible to vote. And they're just as radical wishing that everything worked out. But around 63, 64 million people voted for Donald Trump. And um, those people, luckily that they were everywhere. They didn't segregate themselves like Hillary Clinton voters did. Look at the real election map of where the counties that Donald Trump won and the counties that she won. Donald Trump won 2,700 counties and Hillary Clinton won maybe like 600. That means if you were to look at the county map of America, Donald Trump won everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. He won majority every county in every state. He won the majority states. He won the majority electoral votes because he won majority states. If you don't win majority states, you can't be president. The majority winner of the states of the United States of America, you win the presidency. And because Hillary Clinton won in about 20 states, but very highly populated states, they think that she deserves the presidency. Our country is a democracy, meaning that there's no state that should be more important and more valued than another state. That's why electorals are for the amount of representatives that are in that state. Since California has so many citizens in different counties, they have 55 electorals. They have the most electoral votes that can be won in any individual state because they have that many citizens in that state. So that's why the Democrat Party, when they're in an election and it's Democrat Party versus the Republican, they automatically start with the majority electoral votes already because the major populated areas in our country, they automatically win them because they have a strong hold in them. There's not a democracy in those states. They are majority leaning one ideological point of view. But what our country says is we can't leave it to a high populated state with same ideological point of view. We have to lead it to you have to go and win the country. You have to win the country's vote, meaning that you have to campaign your ideas, go to states in the country and pitch yourself to the people of this country, no matter who they are, no matter what color they are, no matter where they live, no matter what the economic structure is, no matter what their race is. And you have to win the majority of this country. So if you win 30 states, that meant that your message was a broad message in different regions, high education, low education, high economics, low economics black white arabic asian you have to win the vast amount of cultures and races and different ideological point of views your pitch to become president has to have a broad spectrum so that's why you have to win the majority states in order to win the presidency because it means that you are represented by a broad electoral constituents don't believe people when they tell you that only white people voted for Donald Trump. 53% of the white voted for Donald Trump. The rest of mix of different races, Hispanics, Asians, Blacks, Latinos, and Arabics. And it was a broad coalition of races that were about 46% of his vote. Hillary Clinton, 46% of the white vote. So it almost split down the middle. So you could say that she won just as much as the white vote as he won. He just beat her in the majority of the white vote. But he wasn't supposed to get no colored people, how the media said it, colored people. That means Hispanics, Latinos, Asians, Arabics, Indians, blacks. He wasn't supposed to get none of that. And because he got so many of them, she had no fighting chance. He won in the East Coast, to the West Coast, to the North Coast, to Northern areas, to the, the Southern areas. He won all over the place. Go look at the voting map. Go look at the detailed maps with all the different county outline. You'll be freaked out that he really, really won this election fair and square. 
There's no popular vote because the popular vote was never established in the Constitution. The electoral votes was established in the Constitution because the founders wanted every state to represent its people equally. No matter where state that you live in, you will have an equal voice to who becomes president. That's how the Constitution made up. That's why electoral votes established in America. Not a popular vote like this is a socialist country. Like this is some Cuba or some Russia or some crazy whacked out place. This is a democracy. We have the closest thing to a democracy. That's why the parliamentary system does not work here. Because everyone has a voice. Not the strongest one. Everyone has a voice. So I bring this up to say that the hacks and the loud mouth ridiculous people that's out there protests for women they had their major i'm talking about everywhere in the world they were able to mobilize major people to advocate for women's rights first i want to talk about how ignorant they didn't advocate for like women's equal rights of equal pay or different things like that only their major major voice that they had was to talk about how much they didn't like donald trump no matter where it was, from here to Egypt, London, everywhere, all had posters, women walking around with hats shaped as a vagina. It's the most degrading thing to women, but women were advocating. I can't even, it was just so ridiculous what the women protest was doing. But we're going to walk through what these women are actually protesting so you can understand that individual perspective is so much needed in this in our country let's just stick to our country women are extremely ignorant out there with that protest that was majority of the women out there were just fools been led by some other person's point of view some ignorant person like chelsea handler whoever looked at chelsea handler as an intellectual whoever looked at ashley judd as an intellectual Madonna as an intellectual, meaning that you look at these people to give you advice, that their mind is sound and you will represent whatever their their mentality is. These are some silly women with emotional perspectives. And I'm going to prove it to you. Everyone always talks about Donald Trump as such a horrible human being because he talked about how fat and ridiculous Rosiel O'Donnell is. But they never tell you why he cussed Rosie O'Donnell out, why he put her in her place. They never tell you that. They just tell you how his response was or how he talked about her. Well, Rosie O'Donnell, she was probably at home. I don't know where she was watching TV, I guess. And Donald Trump was assisting a Miss Universe. She was being reevaluated by the board of the Miss Universe pageant. They wanted to take the crown from her because they felt that the events was a cancellation of her being able to be Miss Universe. Now, the Miss Universe, it's not only just a beauty contest. They go around the world to represent Miss Universe pageant. So they get paid for this. They become very well set up and established. If they use their money right, they will be pretty much set for a very long time. So she was going to lose her job pretty much. So Donald Trump intervened in this the Miss Universe pageant situation and he intervened because he owns the company and he helped the girl keep her job and he talked to the board, expressed to them that we all will make bad decisions when they're young, but give her another chance and to let her keep her crown. So the decision came with the, the pressure of Donald Trump. She kept her crown and she was to continue enjoying being a Miss Universe pageant winner. So the Miss Universe winner, she expressed her love and compassion for Donald Trump helping her keep her crown. She was grateful for him stepping in and helping her out. The following day, at this time, Rosie O'Donnell, she was the main host of The View on ABC. And it was a big audience and she got a big voice. And um, she's a big loud mouth and she knows that. And that's her persona. Her comedy persona is that she's a female, fat, loud mouth heathen. That's her persona, how she constructs her comedy. She goes on The View and she goes on a tyrant of this girl that tried to keep her job. Donald Trump assisted her, but because she was a beautiful woman and she was giving so much thanks and gratification to Donald Trump, she didn't like it. 
And since Rosie O'Donnell, I'm, I'm assuming in my perspective, in my individual perspective, that her features are not so great. So to look at this beautiful woman, so grateful to Donald Trump helping her keep her job, her self-esteem hit a real low and Rosie O'Donnell just lashed out at this girl. But that don't give her a right to use her powerful platform. At this time, Rosie O'Donnell was worth $200 million and up. But she gets to bully this girl that's trying to keep her job of exposure to make her have a better, greater life. in the news again because Why is allowing well because this show the apprentice is starting again in january oh yeah he held a big press conference to see if he was going to allow miss usa such a prestigious title to um regain well, and reach to be to reach miss america is the, the prestige miss usa is a different thing. representing america in a bathing yes it's basically a model competition let's be realistic okay they what about peace in the world they always want peace in they the have world. one question in miss usa and they always yeah, say like i'd like peace. to cure cancer and end world hunger and then i'd like to go to studio 54 yeah. and do some crack you know but apparently um this young girl tara connor how old is she 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 21 she went out and she was partying she's from kentucky she's so cute. she went to new york and she was hanging out at all the parties doing what paris and lindsay do you know right. dancing whatever and so he held a press conference to <laughs> announce whether or not she was going to retain her crown yeah, and then yeah. she started to cry she did. So, like, i just want to thank donald just giving me a second chance and, it was brilliant. and there he is hair looping going there Left the first wife, had an affair, left the second wife, had an affair, had kids both time, but he's the moral compass for 20-year-olds in America. Donald, sit and spin, my friend. I don't enjoy him. He ha inherited a lot of money. Wait a minute. And he's been bankrupt so many times where he didn't have to pay. people have but, been bankrupt, but he's got back. The people beneath him who he owed money to got shorted out of the money, but he got to again, try again and again. And you know what saved him the second time? After his father died, with that money, he paid off all his bankruptcy. This is well, not a self-made man. honorable. He paid off his creditors. No, he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't pay, pay off the people well, he owed. Put you on Here a comes a lawsuit. Get but, ready. But, this is going to be good. But he'll be bankrupt by that time, so I won't have to worry. But uh, I don't know. I just think that this man is like sort of one of those, um, you know, snake oil salesmen yes. in, in Little House on the Prairie. You remember that episode yes. where the guy would come in with a lot of bottles and everybody would be like, ooh, and then he'd leave and little Laura Ingalls would go, Dad, I, I don't think there's anything in this bottle. <laughs> well, you're right, half fine. That man was full of crap. You know, that's sort of what it is, I think, you know. I love it. That's my opinion. Miss America is different. Miss America is a scholarship that's right, and it's for women who have brains as well as beauty. And Miss USA is basically. I think there's some Miss USA's out there who are smart, who are trying to get out of their hometowns, who are trying to make a difference in the world. And maybe it's not necessarily the vision of Mr. Donald Trump, but there are a lot of women that this has been a ticket um, to some place greater. Can you name one former Miss USA? Can you? Well, I haven't been fraternizing with them, and they're a lot younger than me, the contemporary ones. Can you name one? in the world? No, I cannot. No. This one in particular, when she said, you know, I, I'm all for second chances, but when she said, you know, I, I got caught up in everything, I find it hard to just listen to something like that because when you're out, you're partying, you're doing whatever you're doing, to just be so passive about it and, and how you got there, I feel like you don't get caught up. Like, you make decisions along the course of your life. Yeah. Fat, and then I just feel bad that 20s. he's using her personal issues of her drug underage issues drinking. and underage drinking, and she's supposedly used cocaine. That's yeah. the, the what's in the paper. Yeah. And he's using it like the A&E show Intervention. Donald is going to give her an intervention. Here I come you know to what? save the day. Maybe now, maybe I get I get in trouble for this, but Go wasn't ahead. she kissing another little teenage girl? Maybe that got to Donald. Maybe he likes that. Yeah. You know how they love to watch two women making out. It wasn't a woman. It was, it was an underage girl. Miss teen it was USA. a teen girl, right? Teen yeah. Yeah. If you're 20 years old and you got a crown and you want to kiss someone, make sure they're of legal age. Well, That's yeah. my advice. Okay. Now you see that it's a lot of things in that that you have to really understand first that she 
was watching the situation. Donald Trump didn't know nothing about Rosie O'Donnell. He had no problem with Rosie O'Donnell. He had no past history with Rosie O'Donnell. This is Rosie O'Donnell putting herself in the ring. Now, he was doing a service of just intercepting the boards of the Miss Universe pageant, Miss USA pageant, and she kind of was doing some partying and stuff. Maybe she got a little bit too far. He intervened to let them know, like, okay, she was having fun in New York, and it's a big, when you come to New York for the first time, it's just overwhelming, and you kind of enjoy the, the wildness of it, so give her a second chance. But if you really listen to that audio, you can replay it back. I'm not going to play it again. But listen to how jealous Rosie O'Donnell was. She just just assumed the girl was just like some trashy lowlife. Because she partied really hard in New York and just won the Miss USA pageant where big money is around her. So her first time going to be introduced to probably some wild stuff like cocaine or something like that. And it got out of control. But she's been a filthy rich person for a long time. Have some compassion for a girl that's 20 years old and she's out of her element and it caught up to her where she needed Donald Trump to come in and say, okay, look, let's not crucify her for this wild night and the tabloids are taking pictures of her and exposing this to the public. Let's all protect her a little bit and make her learn a, a valuable lesson. But Rosie O'Donnell's emotional hatred for the beauty and the glamour of Miss USA and Donald Trump's world, she's advocating against it. And she's pretty much doing a major lynch on this lady. So, but you got to remember, Donald Trump never said anything about Rosie O'Donnell. And that whole little skit, she had a whole lot of jokes and comedy prep routine, everything. She was doing a roast on Donald Trump for assisting this girl to keep her job. But she feels the girl is low value for being part of the Miss USA pageant. So I don't want to get too jumbled up in that. But that was her opinion. And I want you to understand and be objective. Be objective. Objectivity would have made you research this before I even told you that you wouldn't even have to pass judgment on how Donald Trump handled Rosie O'Donnell from that moment to now. But remember, he doesn't have anything to do with Rosie O'Donnell. He hasn't had any comments about her. She goes on national TV and does that rant. And then Donald Trump responds. Well, Rosie is a loser. Rosie's been a loser for a long time. Her magazine failed. She got sued. She folded up like a tent. It was too bad. Her Everything about Rosie, and I watch her, and I actually, somebody sent me a clip of what she said. Rosie is somebody out of control who really just doesn't have it. And she ought to be careful, because I'll send one of my friends to pick up her girlfriend, and I think it would be very easy. <laughs> now, when you call her a fail... Failed talk show host? Do you mean her first show? Because The View is doing phenomenal since she's been on. Rosie's first show had very poor ratings, and at the end she was doing very badly because the public got tired of her. And Rosie is somebody you get tired of, but her show did very poorly. Her magazine, I think it was called Rosie, was a total failure. Rosie is a failure. Ultimately, she will be a loser, and you watch. Watch what happens to The View. I will bet the ratings very shortly will start going down. People can't stand watching her. She's both unattractive inside and out. She's, you know, she's got some big problems. Now, when you say that, you did tell People Magazine, um, I look forward to taking lots of money from my nice, fat, little Rosie. That's harsh. Well, you know what? I'm worth $5 billion plus by a lot. And Rosie said Trump went bankrupt. I never went bankrupt. She'll say anything that comes to her unattractive mouth. She said... I went bankrupt. I'm worth much more than $5 million. She said lots of things. She said the Miss USA pageant was the small sister to Miss America. Miss America was thrown off the air. It's on cable. It's on a small cable network. And the Miss USA is getting great ratings. And most importantly, it's on network television. It's on, it's on NBC. So she says things that come to her mouth. She's not smart. She's crude. She's ignorant. And... To be honest, I look forward to suing Rosie. I'm going to sue her, and I look forward to it. She's really very dangerous for the show. Now, the people on the show don't like her. The people that watch don't like her. And let's see what happens. Now, you say you're going to sue her. What exactly are you suing for? for? She'll find out. Can you tell us? No, she'll find out. Character? Rosie will find out what we're suing her for. She knows what we're suing her for. But 
again, it's, already in the works, it's so. absolutely. It's something I look very forward to. Mm. So it's not like defamation of character or... We'll find out. She will find out. Okay, so it's something that your lawyers are working on. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Okay. And also um, about getting second chances, some of the firees from The Apprentice are coming back now. Do you remember Lenny Beltman? And Omarosa. Yeah. They're both saying now, I, they're almost chuckling, saying, I can't believe Donald's giving Tara a second chance. Well, Lenny's a great guy, and so is Omarosa's done a, a really good job. She's a character. Uh, but I think I watched their comments, and their comments were fair comments. I mean, they didn't really get a second chance. But in the case of Tara, I wanted to give her a second chance, and I thought it was important. And somebody like Rosie doesn't take it seriously because Rosie doesn't have sensibility. Do you think people will look at this and say, ooh, Donald's being a little harsh by calling her a fat little piggy and, and sort of coming down to her level of what she's doing? Well, look, Rosie's a very unattractive woman. I'm saying something. I'm not a politician, so I'm not running for office, so I can say it. I mean, Rosie is a very unattractive woman. But as unattractive as she is on the outside, she's even worse on the inside. And she's very lucky to have a nice girlfriend. And you're not worried about what you're saying. I think you better hold on to your girlfriend, Rosie, because if you lose her, you'll never be able to get another. Okay. So that was his response. It was probably a little bit more. He, uh, I didn't uh, get it all, but uh, he, that was his response. And now people freaked out with him calling her a fat pig, but they forget the context. They forget that she went on a all-out tyrant a rant about a girl that has no power and she just kind of hitting her. He called her a loser and everything, but she's pretty rich and stuff. So she's successful. Even in, even her daytime show, she got so much money before that show failed that she's successful about it. But I don't care about all that. The, my point of it is, and this was in 2006 or something that they had this little beef, but he pointed out some very factual logistics about Miss USA and the ratings of it and everything. So that's all an attack. But you got to remember, I want you to remember, Rosie O'Donnell went on The View and did that whole big thing about Donald Trump and this Miss USA winner. And he just wanted the girl to get a second chance and them not to take her crown away because she had a wild night out. And that was it. That was the end of the story. But Rosie O'Donnell went on national TV and blast the lady and blast Trump talking about how much she hate him. She just don't like him. And he's an oil salesman and really just like muddied his name and just disrespected him like crazy. So his comeback was to really point out Rosie O'Donnell. She is an ugly lady and she is fat. That's a fact. If you were to go look at a presentation of the female real anatomy, Rosie O'Donnell is not a pretty picture. That's just a fact. Rosie O'Donnell knows her looks and the vast amount of her surrounding and wealth. She kind of actually knows that she doesn't meet up to high standards. That's why she picks attractive women because that's what she likes. But I don't want to get all into that. My point of it is, is that that's a fact. But even then, she replaces that with bullying and being a very bombastic, big mouth lady. And she says stuff that just cut people. No one's response back to Rosie like this. So even the lady from Entertainment Tonight that just did that interview with uh, Donald Trump, she was freaked out that he he was talking about her weight as a woman because she's looking at it from a woman's perspective. But she's not thinking of the girl that Rosie O'Donnell attacked. So now you know why he said that about Rosie O'Donnell. You know why he dogs her out even to this day. Now, Hillary Clinton found this Miss USA contestant that Donald Trump had. She won the crown. She gained weight after she won the crown. And the actual Miss USA pageant wanted to fire her and take her crown. But Donald Trump intervened and told the board that, no, she'll lose her weight and she'll she'll kind of um, get herself back to where she need to be. But you don't hear about that. You all you hear about is her saying that he called her Miss Piggy. They have no video of this. They have no audio tape of him calling her Miss Piggy or anything. The only thing they have on Donald Trump is him talking about that. Yes, she did gain weight. It was a problem for us. I fought for her. And she had to lose the weight in order to represent Miss USA pageant. When he fought for the Miss USA, she was grateful for it. But all you hear now 
that he called her Miss Piggy. He was dogging her out and he was talking about her weight. No, he was he helped her keep her crown and he actually fought for her and was really compassionate for her, even about gaining a weight and he gave her a chance. But the media is not going to tell you that. Even when you listen to me talk about that he really protected the lady, he didn't call her Miss Piggy and everything that he fought for. Check this out. Do you work out, Mr. I work out on occasion. Oh, you do? As little as possible. I work out as much as Penny works out, which isn't much. No, I work out playing sports. I like sports. And this stuff is terrific, but I like golf, I like tennis. When do you want, you come here with me I'll work out with her. I'll work out with her anytime she wants, I'll tell you. Okay. What is your advice to Alicia? Well, I don't think Alicia needs much advice. I will say that last year, before I owned the Miss Universe contest, I went to the Miss Universe contest last year. It was in Las Vegas and I felt that Alicia was one of the most beautiful women I'd ever seen it was incredible and all of the folks that were here agreed with that Alicia is like me and like a lot of other people I love to eat we all love to eat not all of us some of you are lucky but we eat we like to eat and she had tremendous pressure put on her with the win and everything else plus she was going from country to country all foreign places and there was a huge amount of pressure and some people when they have pressure don't eat and some people, when they have pressure, eat too much, like me, but like Alicia. And one of the great trainers of the world and a very, very famous man in his own right. And he's been working with her for the last few days. And I think she's going to show up at that contest uh, actually being probably a little bit heavier than when she won it. A little heavier. But you think that's actually better. When she won it, she weighed about 118 pounds. Too light for her. And actually, uh, from what I understand, a little bit heavier. But I will say, when she won the contest, I had never seen anybody more beautiful and she's totally beautiful now, but I think come contest time, what are you talking about in terms of weight? We, our goal is to get her between 125 and 130. She will look 118 to you and to the camera, 118. So we want to give, keep that soft feminine look. We don't want to have these short, bulgy muscles. Keep her away from the heavy weights. We want to be feminine and soft. When she walks down to hand over that crown, she is going to look her best. Did you ever really consider letting her go? Well, I, I tell you, there was a group that wanted us to do that very much. And I have to credit CBS also, because they are my partner. I bought the contest, the Miss Universe, Miss USA contest. And then CBS joined me as my partner. I mean, more than just five years of broadcast rights, they actually are 50-50 partners now. And they were with me 100%. We really agreed on it together. And one of the reasons is that, you know, you have a lot of people that have problems with weight, eating disorders, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of you reporters, and I can't believe how many showed up, but a lot of you folks have weight problems, I hate to tell you. That doesn't include you. That doesn't include you. But a lot of you folks that I'm looking at right now aren't in the greatest of shape. And the truth is, and I'm not meaning that you're too skinny, although you're pretty skinny. The fact is that this is a universal problem. Okay, now that's that was Alicia Mashanta. And did you hear how he balanced everyone to everyone gains weight and everything? And he was very compassionate to her. But you got to remember, out of all the campaign trails that Hillary Clinton was talking about, him calling this lady Miss Piggy and all that stuff, and even her ungrateful ass going on that campaign trail because Hillary Clinton got her green card and she became a citizen and everything. And there's so much shady stuff that was going on around that campaign. But she was so ungrateful. She went around acting like Donald Trump dogged her out. He was very compassionate. Now, she decided that she was she was going to constantly keep eating it or constantly not meeting the weight goals that they had in mind or that she agreed to. Then maybe he probably had some personal conversations with her to put her in a place. I don't know. But he was compassionate for her. That is a real, you would never hear conversations like that in Hollywood. They're not that honest. They're not that down to earth. They're not that open about themselves and as well as everybody else. He dogged out the media. He called the news people that was gathered there. Listen to that again. That's the real story. So 
when you think about him calling a person Miss Piggy, because all women know, all those women that were out protesting, that's what they're advocating. The sound bites. Him talking about Rosie O'Donnell's weight. Him calling a Miss Universe or Miss America pageant Miss Piggy. That's all they know. They don't know the context of it, and they don't know the full story of it. So now you can go back to this tape and play it out. Now, the third thing is Megan Kelly, this hack of a ass lady this hack lady she's a fox news anchor she was a fox news anchor now she works for nbc she's just just i'm not look i'm not gonna spend too much time talking about Megan kelly i don't want to because it's too much it's too much i'm not gonna do it Woo-sa, woo-sa. okay now megan kelly for the first debate ever of donald trump's career his first presidential primary debate, they pointed out some of his past comments about Rosie O'Donnell. And he um he told them, I only said that about Rosie O'Donnell. I didn't say that about all women. But Megan Kelly made it as a blanket statement that he said this about all women. And he said, nope, I only said that about Rosie O'Donnell. So after the debate, he talked about how vicious and the terrible questions trying to paint him as a misogynist and as a guy that disrespects women. So she had a narrative in that first question. It was a such a the question was so it was so like, um, how can I say, like it was such a subjective question that it had no basis to it. I'm going to try to look it up really quick. I do want to keep this in context and everything. Okay. Mr. Trump, one of the things people love about you is you speak your mind and you don't use a politician's filter. However, that is not without its downsides, in particular when it comes to women. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account Only Rosie O'Donnell. Your Twitter account. Thank you. For the record, it was well beyond Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, I'm sure it was. Your Twitter account has several disparaging comments about women's looks. You once told a contestant on Celebrity Apprentice it would be a pretty picture to see her on her knees. Does that sound to you like the temperament of a man we should elect as president? And how will you answer the charge from Hillary Clinton, who is likely to be the Democratic nominee, that you are part of the war on women? I think the big problem this country has is being politically correct. I've been, ch- I've been challenged by so many people, and I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. And to be honest with you, this country doesn't have time either. This country is in big trouble. We don't win anymore. We lose to China. We lose to Mexico, both in trade and at the border. We lose to everybody. And frankly, what I say, and oftentimes it's fun, it's kidding, we have a good time. What I say is what I say. And honestly, Megan, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I've been very nice to you, although I could probably maybe not be based on the way you have treated me, but I wouldn't do that. But you know what? We, we need strength, we need energy, we need quickness, and we need brain in this country to turn it around. That I can tell you right now. Okay, now that's, 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 she kind of making a statement out there. I don't care how many women, if he's kind of been attacked by them and he attacks them back. I don't care if he says anything about a woman being fat or something like that. What he said about Rosie O'Donnell, because he was vicious on Rosie. That's all they got proof of that. He was vicious on Rosie before this. Now he kind of dogged out a lot of people competing against him or they were kind of putting themselves out there against him. Donald Trump is a person that he don't care if you're a woman or you're a man. If you put yourself in the ring, he coming for you. If you take a hit at him, he's coming for you. Now, people may not like that, but that's a fighter. That's a person that's tough. We are too politically correct. Now it's, you're not free to say what you want to say to a person. 
to respond back to another person's attack the way you want to respond back to them. You have to look through a book to say, okay, she said that about me or she attacked me like this and I have to look up a book of how I should respond to a woman in this way. No, you go all out. If everything goes for the attack from a woman, then everything goes from a response. I'm sorry to say. If you want to be looked at as an equal, then you have to take what you give. And Rosie O'Donnell, she got back what she gave and a lot of other women. And that statement and Megyn Kelly framing that question like that sets a narrative that still lasted to this day. Now, they're saying that he commented said about um, how vicious she was with her questioning that she had blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her ears and blood coming out of her whatever. And they automatically say, oh, he's talking. He's talking about her menstrual cycle. No, you're talking about her menstrual cycle. He didn't say nothing about her vagina. That's you saying that. You cannot factually say that he was talking about her vagina because that was where your head went. I'll prove it. They call me the ratings machine. So I have, uh, you know, she she gets out and she starts asking me all sorts of ridiculous questions. And, you know, you could see there was blood coming out of her eyes. Uh, blood coming out of her, wherever, but uh, she was, uh, in my opinion, she was uh, off base. A tiny fraction of Mike, believe me, there's a big difference between Mike Wallace and Chris Wallace, because I watched him last night, you know, blood pouring out of his eyes, too. And I'm saying to myself, what am I doing? I'm here in front of all these people. I'm doing Fox a favor by doing this show. And what am I doing? And then they, you know, come out with these vicious questions. Now, he was he was responding to the viciousness of him. Now, that's the funny part about that is, is that I heard that expression used a million times before this debate ever happened. When people are being very vicious, it's like a cartoon that they got blood pouring out their eyes and stuff, blood coming out their ear because they vicious. These are vicious questions. And he looked at her questions as a vicious thing. That they were kind of going for the cutthroat. That was his first questions that he got through the debate. To come hit him like that. And Chris Wallace was off. Most questions that was at that debate was hardcore. So Chris Wallace in Megyn Kelly was hitting him hard. And he's talking about they giving him questions like, like hardcore. And, and they're vicious. And they automatically say, oh, he's talking about her menstrual cycle. Now that's the depravity of the media. It's not their job to make an assumption or a perception or a um, point of view of what whatever means to them. It was for them to say, no, he didn't say that. That's not a factual description of what he said. He said, whatever. That could mean that's coming from your eyes, your ears, your, your fingertips or whatever. You can't say that it comes from your menstrual cycle, that it's coming from the woman's vagina. That is a subjective opinion. It is not for the media to give that opinion, to give that narrative. But what did you get? Go back and look at how the media did their job when that conversation happened, when that interview on Don Lemon, where he's talking about how vicious of questions that they were asking. That is not the job of the media to paint a narrative, to make a perception or an opinion of what whatever means. You have to go by what he's saying. If he says the same description about a man in the same context, in the same conversation, then he's talking about their viciousness. That's just fact. That's just factual, fair analysis. You can't assume that the whatever that he said means a woman's menstrual cycle. You have no fact-based analysis for that. Now, the fourth reason why those women were out there protesting with the Women's Right Coalition was Obama's birth certificate. Now, Donald Trump is a troller. He, okay, I must be, I will admit, he does troll people hardcore. It's one of the greatest things I like about him. Now, back in this time, he was supportive of Hillary Clinton because they were friends and, um, or they did so much business in New York with each other that he was a supporter of a fellow New Yorker. 
But in 2007, 2008, for the primary run, Hillary Clinton and her aides, they actually were sending out fundraiser information and oppo research that they had of President Obama being born in Kenya and that he was not pretty much a citizen. That's what Hillary Clinton and them, they were campaigning, raising money, and they were kind of putting this into the narrative, out into the ether and seeing what network or what supporters or what people wanted to gravitate this and push it back on Obama. Now, what Hillary Clinton and her aides were kind of sending this narrative out was that President Obama's, at that time, candidate Barack Hussein Obama, he had his literary agent for his first book and the literary company made a booklet that actually was to give to business colleagues to show them the actual writers and authors that they had on their roster. The literary agent and Obama came up with a bio for Obama where they wrote a bunch of stuff in there. And in the bio, Obama and his agent put that. Let me read it to you to be fair about it, because I want to be accurate about what they put into the actual presentation. Um, in the booklet, it said Barack Obama, the first African-American president of Harvard Law Review, was born in Kenya and raised in Indonesia and Hawaii, the son of a American anthropologist and a Kenyan finance minister. That's what the actual booklet started off saying, describing his bio. Now, Obama had to review that. His literary agent is not going to write up a bio about him. He's an author. So why would he not write his own bio or vet his own bio? So he seen that and he thought that that was okay for him to put in the booklet to represent him as an author to investors and business consultants. The literary agent sends out this booklet too. So that's fact. So Obama, his own birther, he was the starter of his birtherism. I know that's a brutal thing for me to say, but he started the birther movement. President Obama did. Now, look, I voted for Obama both times. I keep saying that so people know that I'm not just like some radical Uncle Tom and because I'm a black man and, and I get to criticize Obama if I want. It has nothing to do with my vote for him. It has nothing to do with me supporting him as the first black president. That's what I wanted to use Obama for. I used Obama to make sure that he was the first black American president. Now, discussing President Obama's rhetoric and his ideological point of view and his manipulation of the people that supported him, that's a whole nother conversation. Technically, if you want to be technical, that's in 1991 that booklet was released. He greenlit that. That's a literary agent making a booklet of all the authors under their agency. And you're saying that a bio like that get wrote up about Obama in 1991 when his book is about to start selling and he didn't vet that at all. Where's the research in that? Where's the news reporting on that? Why didn't the news report go see if all the other authors that had their bios in that booklet, if they had any say in what their bio said in it? Because they know that all the authors absolutely wrote up their own bios. They vetted their own bio, what they wanted people's perception to be of them in that booklet. That's how bad the media is. I just guaranteed to show you how horrible the media is. But the women protests out there acting like Donald Trump's Ku Klux Klan member. He's like this. He's this radical racist guy talking about Obama's not a legitimate American. No, Obama was saying he wasn't a legitimate American when it fitted his purpose. Now, President Obama was born in Hawaii. Everybody know that. Everyone knows that. Trump is trolling him because he has all this crazy stuff and him playing with his birth situation and where he was born at for his conveniency to upsell his book. Trump was messing with Obama about showing his birth certificate because he wanted to troll him. He wanted to see how much power and influence he could have over President Obama at that time. Now, people say that's shameful. It's, it's kind of shameful that the media and President Obama didn't tell you about where all this comes from. It comes from the 1991 booklet that President Obama wrote and he greenlit with his literary agent saying that it was OK to say that he was born in Kenya. Everyone knows. Look, listen, he was born in Hawaii, but for his financial and successful persona, he wanted to go along with his persona being that he was born from Kenya. For some reason, that was a better narrative for him at that time in 1991. Go vet the information I'm giving you. This is a true statement. 
This is not nothing really important now, but this is just to let you know that your hatred for Donald Trump is totally out of context. It's someone else's perception of how they want you to view Donald Trump. This is how slavery is. Slavery is not having chains around your neck no more. Chains around your ankle and your wrist no more. It's mental slavery now. And the Democrat Party and white liberals are ahead of it. Not Donald Trump. Now we're going to finish with this because this is with all the women that were out there on Saturday, the day after President Trump's inauguration. They were out there protesting these things that I pointed out to you. The Rosie O'Donnell, the Miss USA Machado or whatever her name, and the birth certificate of Obama. This is why they're out there with all that anger. But I just put it in context and truth analysis for you. The final one is the propaganda of David Duke. Donald Trump has denounced this man plenty of times before he even became a president. He denounced the guy plenty of times after he announced his candidacy for president. Now, for some reason, everyone think the only time Donald Trump was ever asked about do he denounce David Duke was when in February or so, I can't remember when it was, but the hack Jake Tapper asked him, do he denounce David Duke? Now, Donald Trump been denouncing this guy hardcore even a day before he asked him this question. But at this time, Donald Trump was not going to have it. He was not going to be caught, said all weekend, do he denounce David Duke? You know, I'm on the record as saying I denounce David Duke. But that ain't good enough for CNN. That's not good enough for people that are liberals that's using a Saul Linsky approach of trying to delegitimize Trump. So find a way to paint him as a racist. And it, it worked. It worked because all those women were out there and all those men were out there for the women march. And they were all carrying the narrative that he was a racist. I didn't even know he endorsed me. David Duke endorsed me. OK. All right. I disavow. OK. See how irritating that made him? It's such a stupid question. It's a very insult. Now, this is the day before Jake Tapper asked him that stupid question. I didn't even know he endorsed me. David Duke endorsed me? Okay. All right. I disavow. Okay? Uh, yes. So stupid. She said, what do you think about the recent endorsement of David Duke? He's like, I didn't even know he endorsed me. David Duke endorsed me. I denounce it. It's the stupidest thing. He's irritated right there. Listen to the clip again. I'm not going to play it again. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You're going to listen to this audio tape again or this interview and be objective and hear how he responded to the ignorance of that lady. Now, this is the ignorant Jack Tapper the next day. I want to ask you about the Anti-Defamation League, which this week called on you to publicly condemn unequivocally the racism of former KKK Grand Wizard David Duke said that voting against you at this point would be treason to your heritage. Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists in this election? Well, just so you understand, I don't know anything about David Duke, okay? I don't know anything about what you're even talking about with uh, white supremacy or white supremacists. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know, did, did he endorse me or what's going on? Because, you know, I know nothing about David Duke. I know nothing about white supremacists. And so you're asking me a question that I'm supposed to be talking about people that I know nothing about. But I guess the question from the, from the Anti-Defamation League is, even if you don't know about their endorsement, there are these groups and individuals endorsing you. Would you just say unequivocally you condemn them and you don't want their support? Well, I have to look at the group. I mean, I don't know what group you're talking about. You wouldn't want me to condemn a group that I know nothing about. I'd have to look. If you would send me a list of the groups, I will do research on them. And certainly I would disavow if I thought there was something wrong. The but you Ku may Klux have Klan? groups in there that are totally fine and it would be very unfair. So give me a list of the groups and I'll let you know. Okay. I mean, I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but... I don't know. Any, honestly, I don't know David Duke. I don't believe I've ever met him. I'm pretty sure I didn't meet him. And I just don't know anything about him. OK, now I know that sounds crazy, but he doesn't want to deal with that shit no more. He just doesn't want to deal with the David Duke stuff. He doesn't want to deal with the stupid, ignorant stuff of that. So that's what that was. Let's talk about another issue that has bubbled up. And this is your comments on a CNN program where you were asked prior 
Why are you pretending that you are acting as though you don't know who this person is? Why not disavow David Duke, disavow the KKK? What's going on? Well, first of all, he talked about David Group and other groups. He talked about other yeah, but groups. But you said okay? three times, uh, I don't me. know who David Duke excuse is. Me. No, no. Well, I know who he is, but I never met David Duke. So you, when you talk about it, I never met David Duke. But, but in 2000, you refused to run on the Reform I Party platform David because David Duke was a member David of it. David Duke a day before at a major press conference. And I'm saying to myself, how many times do I have to continue to disavow people? And the question was asked about David, group, David Duke and various groups. And I don't know who the groups are. I said, would you do me a favor and tell me the groups? He was unable to tell me He that. says, I'm just talking meantime, about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here. And you said, honestly, I well, don't know let, David let Duke. Okay, so let me tell you. I'm sitting in a house in Florida with a very bad earpiece that they gave me. And you could hardly hear what he was saying. But what I heard was various groups. And I don't mind disavowing anybody. And I disavowed David Duke. And I disavowed him the day before at a major news conference which is surprising because he was at the major news conference, CNN was at the major news conference, and they heard me very easily disavow David Duke. Now I go and I sit down again, I have a lousy earpiece that is provided by them, and frankly, he talked about groups. He also talked about groups. And I have no problem with disavowing groups, but I'd at least like to know who they who they are. It would be very right. fair to disavow a group, Matt, if the group shouldn't be disavowed. I have to know who the groups are. But I disavowed David Duke. Now, if you look on Facebook, right after that, I also disavowed David Duke. When we looked at it and looked at the question, I disavowed David Duke. So I disavowed David Duke all weekend long on Facebook, on Twitter, and... Really? Obviously, it's never enough. Real, real quickly, it was a big... Okay, that's the proof exactly what I said. Now, I played all that for you guys so I could be objective in analysis. His way of trying to dodge the question or not try to, like, submit himself to somebody calling him a racist repeatedly, 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 made was an artful for him to do. But I will allow for him to get away with every single inch of that because he just told you he disavowed the guy a bunch of times. How many times he got to disavow the guy? And no matter what, he sits down and he disavows the guy all weekend. And then they ask him again, do they are trying to paint a narrative that he's a racist. And no matter how much he disavows them, they're going to wait till he don't do it. When he say, look, I'm not talking about this stuff no more or I don't want to talk about David Duke anymore. That's when they're going to say that he tried to play footsie with Ku Klux Klan if he's going to play footsie with Ku Klux Klan members he's going to lose other demographics that he needed in the primary but it's so ridiculous I'm not even going to go too much into this it's only so much that a person if they're not a racist can denounce a racist but it's never enough it's never enough the rule is if someone asks you about a Ku Klux Klan member or David Duke or anyone then you must denounce them every single time. Every single time. All those reasons that I told you about, the Rosie O'Donnell, the Miss America pageant, the Obama purse certificate, and the David Duke stuff. But I want you to keep in mind, when everybody's trying to pin Donald Trump to David Duke and Ku Klux Klan member, there's no pictures out there ever with Donald John Trump with a Ku Klux Klan member, a Ku Klux Klan sympathizer, a Ku Klux Klan part of the organization or anything. You have no fact-based analysis on that. President Obama went to a Ku Klux Klan grandmaster funeral. Talk highly about him. His name was Robert Byrd. He did his obituary. This man was a Ku Klux Klan member well into his 50s and 60s. He was a racist person all the way up to his 50s and 60s. Now that's a fact statement. You don't have any information that Donald Trump is a friend of David Duke. He has denounced him plenty of times. Even in that weekend, he had denounced him the day before. He denounced him on Twitter. He, he denounced him even after seeing that they were going to use him not denouncing David Duke in the Jake Tapper show. Minutes 
after the interview, when he seen how they were doing the following segments, he went on Twitter, which he has more followers than CNN has viewers. Trust me, the media, all media landscapes, CNN, New York Times, all the people that hate Donald Trump is attached to his Twitter. And he has more followers at that time than CNN could ever dream of having viewers. And he put out a press report, putting up the video where he denounced him the day before. And he denounced him on that Twitter post. That was 15 minutes after that interview was over. That's a fact. Look it up. But President Obama, he actually was a supporter of a racist Ku Klux Klan member. And because his power that helped him in the Senate and that helped him in the government. Now check this out. Race relations. They're much, much better than they've ever been in my lifetime. I think we, this is my personal opinion, I think we talk about race too much. I think there are, I think those problems are largely behind us. I think we can all profit by our mistakes. I think we've reached a new plateau, and I think it's going to keep going upward, that understanding and race relations. But I think we, I, I just think we talk so much about it that we helped, I think, create somewhat of an illu illusion. Um, uh, I think we try to have goodwill my old mom told me, Robert, you can't go to heaven if you hate anybody. We practice that. There are white niggers. I've seen a lot of white niggers in my time. I'm going to use that word. But we've all, we all, we just need to work together to make our country better ground. And I just soon quit talking about it so much. Okay, now that was before he died. That was, I think, pretty much a year, very close to his death. You know what I mean? That was Robert Byrd, and President Obama loved that guy. Went to his funeral and spoke highly of him. His description of his Ku Klux Klan grandmaster. It is a fact. He has recruited hundreds of Ku Klux Klan members. He went to his funeral, did his obituary. Even after that conversation, it wasn't that long after that. This is President Obama as a president, his first year or so. And he said a comment like that. A grandmaster Ku Klux Klan member. Not no grandmaster white supremacist with some weird name or something. No, a Ku Klux Klan member. Well into his 50s and 60s. Meaning that in his teenage 20s and his 30s, he had to do some major dirt. President Donald John Trump does not have any, any past of racism. Now that's just being real and logical. That's for those ignorant women and their supporters that were out there advocating all this hypothetical opposition to Donald Trump. I'll take you on. If you want to debate this, I'll take you on. Individual Perspective Podcast. My name is Darius D. McKinney. I want to get into so much more. President Trump, he's officially our president and he's kicking ass. But we're going to get back on that in the next episode. But I just wanted to give you a, a meaty introduction. I want to talk about a lot of other things than politics, but the media is so dangerous. They're trying to make us go to war with each other, kill each other. Under the perception, Hollywood is dangerous. Madonna's a quack. Ashley Judd is a quack. Katy Perry. I mean, it's so many quacks out there on the movies and music. And I'm going to go into detail about these people and probably have to call on a boycott of a lot of the people I even love because all they care about is the narrative, a lie, a false narrative against Donald Trump because his personality is so in your face and it means he's such an individual for freedom of individuality and living on your decisions right or wrong that everyone wants to fight against that but i'll talk about this more later i don't want to get too much into it but i played you the reason why all those women were out there 
Go look at those signs. Go roll back the tape. Go look at when people say why they're out there protesting against Donald Trump. It's going to fall into one of those narratives about how he bombed back on Rosie O'Donnell. But now you know the true context. The Machano Miss American lady that he tried to help out for her glory of being a supporter of Hillary Clinton or being in the limelight after being worthless for so long. She decided to take their whole relationship and lie and dirty up their whole relationship because of the exposure that Hillary Clinton want to give for the benefit of trying to elect the first woman president. Now, you know, the real context of that. And put in perspective of the Megyn Kelly response that Donald Trump had about her and her vicious questioning in the debate and the biasy, subjective questioning of the debate that was totally out of context. Obama birth certificate, that's the true. I gave you the true facts of that birth certificate conversation. All he did was troll him to release his birth certificate. And Trump knows that he's an American citizen and he was born in Hawaii. But for President Obama's purpose, he wanted to feed that narrative of him being born in Kenya in 1991 in that booklet. At that time, it fed a purpose for him. And that's all right. But when it gets into this kind of scuffle and, and Trump trolling and stuff, I'm not saying that it was right that Trump trolled him, but I'm just saying there's a bigger context to it. And David Duke propaganda, how the media conned the American people that he didn't want to denounce David Duke. And he did plenty of time, but they wanted to paint the narrative and they were confident, just like President Obama, their confidence in the ignorance of the American people. They're confident that you won't go vet information that come in, that you're too exhausted. You're working too hard. You're hoping that the news give you the news right because they're, it's expensive to have the animated banners and it's expensive to have the production. So they know that you won't go vet it. But I just gave you factual information. I'm grateful for President Obama's both of his terms that he's the first black American president that's a valid president. He was great for the time that we needed to come together and put a black American president in the history books. 43 presidents. It was time we deserved it as black Americans and we took it. But that does not mean President Obama owns us. He's Jesus or something that we could never speak badly about him. President Obama made a mess. He did some terrible things as president that made him just as messy as President Bush. He was not as clean as when he got in. And he needs to admit that. And he needs to do a real interview and to be accountable for that. And there's Darnell McKinney. That is me. I am here at Individual Perspective Podcast. And I can keep it civil. I'm a very professional person. Let me interview you, President Obama. I would have highly respect for you. But on the record is on the record. Meaning that we talk about everything. Not a false narrative. Not to con the people. People need information that they don't even want. You got to give them everything and with all the information, you could make a better judgment. Now, all this came from me watching those that women march that went everywhere. It was a mobilization of power. I'm grateful for President Obama's presidency, but he can't be president forever. That's a dictatorship. We live in a free country. It's time to move on for us to have President Obama in a free independent i'm not independent a free individual citizens step up to the plate like donald trump and become president and he's in there fighting the people that matter he's fighting against apple he's fighting against gm he's fighting against the titans to try to make sure that they stop making trillions of dollars overseas and make it inside our country and feed off the energy of our country that's what he's fighting for but you guys are distracting him with this stupid racist ignorant propaganda stuff because it's beneficial for some socialists and their goal of turning the country into a socialist country like I said, my name is Dears Darnell McKinney, Dears D. McKinney. This is Individual Perspective Podcast. We're back 2017. There's more to come. Go to our website. You get to everything. Go to www.darissite.com and you'll see everything. That's D-A-R-I-S-S-I-G-H-T entertainment.com. See you guys next time.